Mogul Motivation, empowering and inspiring entrepreneurs and dream chasers worldwide, one week at a time. Presented by True Stories Media, and I'm your host, Antoine Twiz-Taylor. Kassan Rainey got started in the real estate industry fresh out of college with limited knowledge. Fast forward 20 years into the future, now she's running her own real estate brokerage firm. Now, what I love the most about Kassan is she doesn't preach this glitz and glamour fluff that many people do in the social media era. She tells you the nitty gritty, the simple way to succeed in life, which anybody can achieve if they adhere to one principle, discipline. When you listen to this conversation, everything comes back to discipline when it comes to Kassan. And although real estate was the vehicle she used to achieve her ultimate goal, which was financial freedom, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go into real estate. But as long as you are disciplined, you can succeed in anything that you choose to do. So let's get right into it with Kassan Rainey. So I'm glad that, you know, we got you on the podcast, you know, Kassan, um, you know, the queen of real estate, you know. Glad to be here you know, developer, all of that. Um, you know, you do a lot of things in the real estate world. Um, and how long have you been doing real estate? Um, 20 years. 20 years. You've been doing real estate for 20 years. So let's let's rewind the clock 20 years ago. All right. So uh, I'm not trying to show my age or show your age, but, you know, 20 years ago, I was like a freshman in high school. So mm-hmm. I know the first thing about what real estate was, none of this, but that's when you got into the game. So what brought you to the real estate game? Like, you know, how did you really get introduced to this world? Um, I know the story about Dairy Queen. You said it at the event. Um, so, yeah, like, how, how did this happen? Um, I've always tried to figure out a way to work smarter, not harder. Always. Mm-hmm. I knew at an early age, real estate was the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the, the same thing that everybody else says, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad you know, teaches you at a very, I read it very, very young, but it teaches you, hey, you want to build some wealth? The easiest way to do it is real estate. I'm not a person that reinvents the wheel. You don't have to tell me the stove is hot and I'm going to touch it anyway. You say this is the easiest way to do it. I'm going to do it. If I fail at it, if somebody says this is what they did and I fail, I take it as that's not for me. Yeah. Um, but if you tell me this is what I did and it worked and then it works for me too, I'm going to keep doing it. And so that was pretty much how it went. Um, reading that and just knowing, researching, you know, this is easy. This is sounds unbelievable, but you can make money. Um, so in school, while everybody else was figuring out how to graduate, I was figuring out how, trying to figure out how I was going to get my real estate license. And instead of getting the license, I knew, well, buy a piece of property, invest. So 19 years old, my senior year of college, I was saving money. I worked three jobs. I saved money to buy my first piece of property. When I graduated, I bought and closed on my first piece of property three years later. And when I was ready to sell it, I sold it for double what I paid for it. The the property you bought when you was at college? The property that I bought. And this was a single family home? It was a condo. It was a hood property. So I graduated. Paint the picture. I graduated in December. I graduated, started working a job. They needed to see at least three months worth of income. I put a contract on a hood property. And the hood has always had the $100 down payment program. They'll pay your closing costs. They'll, they have, if you go FHA, they'll pay $100 down. I got a $100 down payment program, closing costs paid, bought a condo in Lansing for $42,000. And when I sold it, I sold it for eighty four. dollars 
Mm -hmm. years later i moved in it took my time and fixed it up i painted it myself mm -hmm. my dad did uh laminate floors in it you know he changed the tile and we put in unfinished kitchen cabinets and stained them i stained them myself mm -hmm. um stayed there two years sold it you know i paid attention to the market what was going on i knew prices were going up so i sold it so 20 something years old 22 you made 40 grand on your first piece of property. That's a lot of money when you're 22 years old. A lot of money. A lot of money when you're that age. But not only that, my mortgage was like 480. Yeah, I'm working, making 35,000 a year. Not a lot, but a 480 a month mortgage, I'm still able to save. So I've always been a great saver. So it's, to me, a combination of the two. It's not just the real estate. It's the saving the money living off of half of what you bring in and still being able to save. So not only did I have that 42 in two years, I made 30 something thousand, but I still was able to save 10 because I lived, you know, off of less. Mm -hmm. So now you got $60,000, you know, going into your next couple of properties. So yeah, yeah. that's how it started. That's how it started. And, you know, that's, that's interesting. You say like, you know, living below your means. Cause I feel like a lot of people, you know, especially in the social media era. So when you got started, Social media wasn't nothing, you know, obviously, you know. You Collegeclub.com. That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Planet probably, you know. Um, right. But, you know, now on Instagram, you know, you got everybody and their granddaddy is a millionaire, right, supposedly. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like people want to live up. They want to keep up with the Joneses. So um, I think that's a very important lesson now more than ever is to live below your means. You know, don't just try to get a property in such and such area with such and such car just to say you got it you know and you house broke at the end of the day you know exactly you know exactly. so I, I think you, know, you knew ahead of the game how to play the game you know um uh, which is a little below your means 480 mortgage i mean can you even find that nowadays anywhere no, like even in Lansing, you ain't gonna find no 480 mortgage no yeah. No, nah, like you, you can't even you can barely finance forty two thousand dollars now. Most lenders don't want to finance under a hundred. You gotta be cash. Exactly. Cash. Yeah. Exactly. You gotta find the right lender. They, there's lender that will do it, but you have to find the right lender that will finance that loan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so you you sell the property, you know, you make double, you you know, sell it for double, you sell it for double. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know. What was your next move? Did you bought like a what another condo or bought a, another foreclosure? Another foreclosure. Single family. Okay. Um, in Hammond, Indiana. So I moved to Indiana. I didn't like Illinois. I didn't like the taxes. I didn't like anything that Illinois did. Working in Illinois, paying all this stuff, looking at your check, like what's all this money coming out? You know, Illinois all, these... all your money. Exactly. So I moved to Indiana. Bought another foreclosure. Okay. Um, needed a little bit of work. Conventional financing, 5% down. You know, now I still had money left to go buy something else. And with that money, I paid cash for an investment property. I bought a two-bedroom townhouse in Calumet City for $18,000, which was another hood property. Cal City, Illinois is the hood, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware. Exactly. So it's another hood property. Great deal. Paid $18,000 for this rental. And now I'm bringing in $1,000 a month on the rental. Mm -hmm. Not only that, my mortgage payment wasn't nothing but $900 on the house now okay. that I moved into. Okay. And then still have money left over. If I want to finance a flip, I can finance a flip. 
So I was able to use that money now to finance flips, pay cash for a rental, and bought another house, which was an investment as well. Mm-hmm. So every time I've moved, you know, I don't look at properties. I'm not married to them. You know, we don't love them at all. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the wrong words, but <laughs> we treat them like <laughs> mm-hmm. um, streetwalkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm falling in love with them. I don't fall in love with a house. It's an investment. I look at it and view it as an investment. Mm-hmm. How long am I going to stay here is a question. You know, how long can I see myself staying here? If it's an area that I know I don't want to be in. I could care less about the area, the location. The question is, can it make me money? You yeah. know, so can I sell this next property for double? Can I at least make 20 grand off of it? Can I make 30 grand? How much can I make off of it? So the second property was still another investment. Okay. Um, I had a super low interest rate on the soap on the second property because rates had went down. And when I sold it, I had already paid it down to 74000 and I sold it for 140. So again, I made double again on going into the second property. Now these are, you know, properties I live in, and I lived in the second property for 10 years. Oh, so you was there for a while. Okay. I was there for a long time. Okay. There for a long time. But I was consistently flipping. I had my rentals, you know. So I'm growing my rental business at the same time, saving money because now the mortgage payment is super low, living below my means. Didn't matter if I had a job or not, because I did quit after I got the second property. I quit my job, okay. and that's when I got my real estate license. So you ain't even had your license uh, for the first one. I did not. Mm, okay. I did not have it for my first one. I got my real estate license immediately after I closed on my second property. Mm-hmm. I got the second property, bought a rental. I was able to quit my job, cold turkey, just quit. Went to work one day, and you know what? I ain't come uh-huh. back up again. Didn't yeah. even tell nobody. Just didn't come back. Yeah, and I literally just went quit on a Friday and enrolled in real estate school on a Monday. But I could do that because I had rental income to pay my mortgage. I had no other bills. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Had a little bit of money. So a little bit of money that I had for the last few years in 401k, give me that. I could live off of. I could pay my mortgage for a year. I don't believe in plan B. So if I could pay my mortgage for a year, all I needed was $12,000. Mortgage payment wasn't number 1000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, grand a mortgage pay for, you can come take my car if you have to. I don't care, but I could pay my mortgage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was either sink or swim mm-hmm. in that situation. And real estate had no other choice but to work. Mm-hmm. And it, like it had no choice because like, it sounded like you just really uh, dove straight into it. Like you just took that leap of faith. You know what I'm saying? Like no real estate license, like you said. Um, you know, I mean, I assume you wasn't whatever you was majoring in college ain't had nothing to do with real estate. I would assume didn't want to go to school at all. Didn't even want to go to school, you know. No. Just but you was there anyway. You know what I'm I saying? Was there. I just there. looked at the books and asked my counselor, "What's the fastest thing to get me out of here?" Mm-hmm. And that's what I got a degree in. She was yeah. like, "You serious? Yes, the fastest. Find the fastest one. Get me out of here." Yeah, and that's yeah. So, so yeah, so it seems like you know you really just took that leap of faith, and you know it. It sounds easy, you know, as you tell your story. I mean, I know it's a lot of uh, details and, you know, things between the lines that, you know, we don't have time to really get into. But, you know, it seems like, nonetheless, you was able to roll with those punches, none, nonetheless. And, you know, you was really, you was able to get that ball rolling pretty quickly. You exactly. Know? You, and, you know, again, this is before social media. I keep referencing social media because it's so important because, like, people make it seem like it's, oh, you do this and then, boom, the money's flowing in like is it that simple is it that easy or like do you feel like they're not telling the full truth like when all of these gurus are 
you know, preaching the overnight success, the microwave, you know, world. Nothing in life um, is that easy. Nothing. Yeah. Real estate is extremely easy. However, you have to crawl before you can walk. You know, a lot of people try to get up running. You're trying to run. You know, that ain't it. You know, I can get a lot further faster by crawling. Let me crawl. Living in the property. I can invest in real estate. I can live in it. I could live in it two years. Or two years for the first one. I was in the second for 10 years. But you know, when you start young, how fast that goes. You imagine 20-something years old. You know, I'm 22 at the time. I'm, at my, I'm on my second property already. You know, lived there for 10 years, 32. Yeah, I'm exactly. My, exactly. Now, I'm, my mortgage is low because I'm investing, but now I'm investing in other things. I'm new doing new, now fast forward, I'm doing new construction. I'm I'm buying flips. I can pay cash for my flips. Which we're going to get into. Yep, yeah. we're going to get into that. I yeah. can save money. I don't have to use hard money lenders, anything like that. But again, now I've only stair-stepped a little bit. My mortgage payment is $1,200. You know, I'm 1000 to twelve. Yeah, But crazy. now the house I'm in now is worth triple of what I paid for. So by the time I sell this, I'm going to make triple what I paid because the, the house value right now the house I'm living in right, right in the rough triple mm. you know um triple of what I paid for it so I'll make over well over two hundred thousand dollars two fifty three hundred close to three hundred thousand dollar profit you know when it's about time to get ready to be sold or whatever you know we talk um, about profit we ain't just talking about uh you know total growth we talk about that's what's going into your pocket exactly exactly and I've lived here so no capital gains you know, and I'm nowhere near done. I'm not settled at my dream house yet. So not to mention the in the other investments, that same rental that I paid $18,000 for, I just put the tenant out. I'm getting ready to sell it. Okay. I paid $18,000 for it. I've rented it for the last, I don't know, 12 years, making $1,000 a month. Taxes on it are super low. I'm going to sell it for $130. I'm got to renovate it again. I'm selling it for $130. So these are the the baby steps you have to take the crawling before you walk just buy something you know i tell my clients all the time just buy something i don't That's care fun. what you buy i don't care if you don't like it i don't care if it's a good deal buy it just buy it buy something mm -hmm. now how much of location does how much does location play a factor into that little to none because again you said your first two properties was in the hood and you know we ain't trying to talk about our people because we are our people um but you know how much of location matters when it comes to that? You know, um, Location definitely matters. I'll say this. It'll give you higher returns depending on the location. Great schools, you're going to get an even higher return. I'm Where I am now, I'm getting triple of what I pay for the place because the schools are five-star schools. You know, yeah. Blue Ribbon schools rated a 10 or whatever. Great schools. However, I don't care where you buy. There's going to always be the hidden gem in every city and every location. Mm. So... I am not afraid. I'm going to take the Inglewood house. I'm going to take the Harvey house. If I get it for the right price. So here's the thing. Real estate, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. Okay? Mm -hmm. If you make money when you sell just by accident because the market went up, okay, great. If the market is already right when you buy, you're going to make even more money when you sell. So you make money when you buy. Is it a good deal right now? That's the question mark, because if the market were to tank, am I going to be even? Am I breaking even if something were to happen for what I pay for it? And that's what I look for. I want to make sure I'm breaking even. If something happens in around the neighborhood and I got a ton of foreclosures, well, did I pay at least where they are selling those foreclosures now? That means I'm breaking even. I didn't lose. A break even is a win. Mm -hmm. 
Gotcha. You make money when you buy, not when you sell. Gotcha. So I don't care where the house is located. It's all about what it's worth right now. Mm. Okay. Okay. Good. Good jams. Good jams. So you know you're 20 years in the game now. You mentioned development stuff, which we're going to get into soon. But if you could look back, what advice would you give 22 year old Kassan or anybody right now that's trying to get into real estate? Ain't bought not man property yet. Don't own anything. What advice would you give them? But what advice would you give yourself as well? Or do you think you did everything the best you could? Um, advice to give myself, I would have never gone to college. I had a job offer at AT&T, you know, working for the phone company back then. Everybody thought I was crazy for leaving that job on the table and going to college. But when I look back on it, knowing that real estate was going to be my path, I would have never gone to college. I would have took that job. I would have had the income I needed. I could have started this a lot sooner. And I would have been a little bit more aggressive with my approach to real estate. I've done well, but I still would have been a little bit more aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, I live extremely below my means, you know, but I also like to see my money, you know, in the bank. I like to have something to show. I need to be able to see it, you know, but I still think that I would have been a little bit more aggressive. Um, for people now, I would most definitely say, just buy something. Just buy, how do you go say that? <laughs> Just buy something. The the younger you start, the better. Like, you know, you got to look at the, the years it takes to pay off a house, right? It takes 30 yes. years to pay off a house. Okay. So let's say you wait till you're 40 to buy a house. All right. Now you look at those numbers and say, I'm 40 when I buy it. If the mortgage is for 30 years, I'll be 70 still paying this mortgage. If you decide to live in it for 30 years. I ain't trying to live in life, bro. You know what I mean? You still have those bills. Um, is it the life that you want? You have to ask yourself that question. Should you be moving around? I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. I don't believe that you should stay in one house for 30 years. So my advice to anybody else is start young and move every 12 months. I feel like me staying in my second house for 10 years was long overdue. Mm -hmm. um, the the faster I can move out and make my money, the more I can make, you know? So I would have probably moved a lot faster than, than what I did as well. So move around. Don't be afraid. Don't be married to one house. You should mm -hmm. move every 12 months. If it's going to make you some money, move. Mm -hmm. Take that money and go. Every 24 months, at least, move. Go buy something else. Keep it moving. And you mentioned that when you live in a property, you don't have to pay capital gains. I know what that is, but can you explain that for somebody who might not know what that means? Taxes. The IRS will tax you. The title company will end up giving you a tax form that gets filed with the IRS. And let's say you sell it for $400,000. You only been living there for six months. They're going to give you a tax form here with $400,000 in income. Yes, you have to you know, write off things. I paid this for the house. I put this much money into the house, but whatever's left over. So you made $100,000. You get $100,000 in capital gains. Now you have to claim that on top of your income. So you had that plus whatever you've made for the year. And then now you probably owe the IRS $20,000. The IRS always try to get more money, man. They always try to find exactly. a way. But that's why is individuals like yourself that know the game and that's why you know we need to learn the game you know um and i feel like a lot of people don't want to a lot of people because you know i know a few individuals that went straight into the real estate world and you know somebody who had been doing it for a long time like yourself told them to do xyz but they did a b and c and now you know they owe a lot of money you know what i'm saying and it's just like 
I mean, I just don't understand. But, you know, it goes back to a comment you said at the top of the episode. You don't reinvent the wheel. You know, the wheel is already there. But so many people want to reinvent the wheel, whether it's the ego. I don't Who knows what it might be. But you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you went through what you went through those 20 years ago, so your children won't have to. You know, or, exactly. or someone else that's getting tutelage from you don't have to. You know, mm -hmm. people, I think we don't really understand the valuable resource that it is. Um, yeah. when people have been doing something for 20 years you know regardless of what it may be real estate it could be anything um so yeah that's that's huge and so now you've been growing and growing you got your rentals you've been you say you pay cash for flips now you don't need hard money lenders you know you don't have to take all that cash and you know hope and pray that you make the profit to pay that cash back at the end of the term in like what two years three years four years five years you know um after that, you know, was everything just cash only, you know? Or um, no, everything wasn't. So again, mm -hmm. so that first little chunk of money was paying cash for the first rental and then putting money down on the investments, the flip. So mm -hmm. utilizing, so I was married. My husband would, you know, utilize his finance. We finance in his name. We use cash to finance those flips. Teamwork makes the dream work. Hey. Exactly. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, we've always done it that way. If one person secures the mortgage that we live in, the other person is financing the investments or whatever it may be. Um, so we use that. And, you know, it wasn't until recently we had some really, really great flips that put us like over the top, you know, and it took a while. So I've had, I'll say sporadically throughout the years, there were some cash deals and there were some finance deals. Okay. Um, and there've always been cash deals, starting with that $18,000, whether it was another $25,000, we had like a $50,000 cash. But recently we had like, at the simultaneously, we had a $35,000 cash deal that was a flip. And then we had a finance deal that was 205,000. Those two flips alone made over almost $300,000 in cash and I think that that was the turning point that was within the last that was pre-COVID okay. but that was the last turning point where it was like looking at your finances saying well what are we financing for mm. no point you're like why would we finance my money is cheaper I can use my money and not have to pay back this interest and now you've got enough money cash where you can go and flip multiple you know cash is cash is queen exactly you know cash exactly. is queen cash is king you know um mm -hmm. that point so yeah you at that point now where it's like you know we talk about financial freedom a lot you know and mm -hmm. i think a lot of us don't really know what that mean though and like that sounds like that's what financial freedom really is it's like when well, you ain't even got to go to these to these banks these institutions and you know they'll probably most likely you know say yes to you because you have the track record but it's a lot of people who you know will get denied for x y and z whatever it may mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. But when you have the cash, when you got your own cash, you can do anything in this world. Anything you want. Now, cash and the decision wholeheartedly, is nothing wrong with financing these deals simply because it's not your money. I save my money. It's not yeah. my money. But the cash world opens yourself up to a whole nother pool of properties that you would never have access to if you were trying to finance. So that's really the ultimate decision. So now we're playing in the another arena where you have to have cash. It's mm -hmm. cash only. You can't finance. There is no hard money. Mm -hmm. And we're playing in an arena where we're able to get better properties. 
um, a little bit higher end. We make money and not have to do anything but change the locks because we got cash. So it puts you in another world. So you think about, you know, when they say it's a whole nother world out there, it is. So people flipping and financing and doing hard money, they working hard for that money. But yeah. the cash world, unfortunately, it puts you into another bracket where you're working and now it's easier. Mm. And that's kind of where we are. So the access to the properties that we have now it's way easier. So much easier. It sounds like you're going to make so much money too since it's easier. And, you know, so you, got access, you got access to things that the average person, I don't like saying average, but whatever. You got access to things that the regular everyday investor wouldn't have access to. You know, like you say, you want another ring, you want another level at this point. So exactly. as a segue from that, is this what brought you to the development world? Um. I would say yes. Sometimes you get a little bit of bored, um, a little bored with what you're doing. It's like, well, hmm, I could do this. Mm -hmm. I got a new construction subdivision in Linwood that I'm the listing agent for. And, you know, just being there, watching what's going on, observing, helping. You know, I always insert myself. How can I help? So things that I want to learn how to do, I'm going to always help. People that are doing it for me, I'm going to help. How can I be of service to you? because it's going to in turn help me learn. And then you kind of see how easy and how simple it is, especially something that you've never done before. So I'm a Gemini first, okay? So we are like learning new things. We're like- Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Ooh, so it just sparks your spidey senses and you're like, I could do this too. Let me buy a lot. And then you just kind of dive head first and I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> and that's pretty much what brought it to it. Um, you can you to get bored with the rehabs and it's just something new. Because it's like with the development, you know, it's literally a blank canvas. You can do whatever you want. Like, obviously, you got to hire the architect and all of that. But mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want. Like, you can buy a lot for, like, what, an acre? And you can figure out what can I build on this acre? How can it look? Like, how can it be done? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that does sound exciting to me. It sounds much more exciting to me than, you know, a rehab. You know, I'm just saying, like, because I'm so creative and I'm a visionary myself, too. Again, that Gemini trait. You know, I'm like, man, like you could do X, Y, Z. You can do whatever you want to do with it. You know, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's what the excitement is for you. And exactly. Something new. Yeah. Something, Something new. exciting. And how long have you been doing the development? Um, so I probably pre-COVID, as far as working with the actual subdivision, that was all mm -hmm. pre-COVID. And then I started and took my shot at it myself with my own new construction now. Uh, Right after COVID, or well, right during COVID, I'll say. During COVID. During in, the, COVID. In, the, in the midst of COVID. In the midst of COVID, you dove into a whole nother world that you ain't never dabbled in before. Never. Yeah, so you like taking risks. Oh, yeah, taking major risks, because that was a nightmare. Like, and, and supply chain issues, and oh, it was a nightmare, but never once did you did I sweat about it. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. new. It's like, okay, well, it happens. This is life. You decided to go with it. What you getting upset for? Keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person you know, take eight months to come. Okay, fine, no problem. Mm. And when with, with the developments, like, what has been outside of COVID, because COVID is its own challenge anyway. Um, what is like the biggest difference between the developments versus the rehabs? You know, obviously the rehabs, the structure is already there, but like. Is the, do the developments take a little longer just because Absolutely. it's a lot harder yeah. um, the rehabs are easier it's a lesson you know in the 
the whole situation because you know you get bored doing this and you go try to dip in that but now I'm over here like but I can make money faster over here so I'm probably gonna go back to this you know um I think I may still do um maybe one or two new construction a year but not something that I would take on full time to say I'm gonna do only new construction Okay. The rehabs are, it's a lot easier. And it's a lot more money to be made. Um, I've got a mentor in this area that he doesn't quite know, you know, that like he's mentoring me, but I know everything that he does. So you just claims him as your mentor. I claim him as a mentor. And um, I know how he structures his, you know, business model. And um, I know every house that he builds. And I've talked to him, you know, all those things, but I know how he operates. And he likes to work smarter, not harder. And his goal is to only do four a year, four flips or new bills. And he doesn't like to do all four new bills, but his goal is to do four deals a year. Okay. And he likes to net at least a million dollars. So his goal is four. So out of those four. Okay. Out of those four, he wants to net a million dollars. So he wants to, the goal is to make at least four to five, I'll say. So the goal is to make at least 200 to 250 for each deal. Okay. Um, so he'll take older higher end properties and completely renovate them. You're talking about, you may have paid five for this property and then he's going to renovate and sell it for a million dollars, like make it glamorous, or he's going to build a custom home for someone where you can make an easy two, 250 profit on a custom home. But his goal is to do four a year. That's it. Smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. If I can do four a year, four to five a year, and that's it. That is who I want to be, you know, where I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Working smarter, not harder. Four to five a year, I'm good with that. How many um, properties are you doing now? Like not necessarily new construction, but you know, rehab, flips, all of that. Like how many are you doing a year now? Um, I don't know. This year we probably did, I don't know, maybe eight. Okay, so you almost there. Yeah. Almost I, there. I can't, I think I'm thinking about eight. Can't okay. get all, my addresses all together, but a lot of them were easy. We only had a couple of them that were a lot of work mm -hmm. um but about a lot of more half a more more than half were super easy ones okay okay so yeah you're almost there you know you're almost at that uh benchmark you know mm -hmm. cut that down probably in like 2023 like what is your goal for 2023 is it that four properties that four or five properties uh do you have a distinct goal for 2023 um or i haven't put a, a number on it but mm -hmm. it is definitely less work and more family time so every single year has gotten a lot better mm -hmm. as far as work. I mean, I used to work nonstop, mm -hmm. whereas you can't take a vacation without having your computer with you and stopping what you're doing because you got to respond to something. But it's more, it's less work. Um, I don't think I necessarily would even want to put a dollar on it mm -hmm. or, how, or, you know, a, a quantity on how many properties are done. Simply because, again, the your lifestyle matters and how you live and for 2023, I, I'm, my mindset is more so like, I don't care if I didn't sell not one property mm -hmm. next year. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. But it's more of family time. You know, I've got kids that are growing up and, and it goes by so fast. You know, the oldest is graduating high school. The, the, the middle is going into, she's a sophomore. She'll be going into junior year next year. The youngest is getting ready to go into uh, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And the years go by so fast. And so it's more so just enjoying the time and the sports and the things and the extracurricular activities and everything they have going on because when they're gone they're gone and then you're looking around like well what am I gonna do 
Now no, you want yeah, yeah. To go to nothing like oh okay, this is it. So I don't necessarily have a dollar amount on it or a quantity at all. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. It sounds like you did the heavy lifting already. It sounds like you're kind of content with the work you have accomplished and and how far you have come. Like obviously that doesn't mean you're just gonna quit and stop. But it sounds like okay, we go up here, cool. But if we, you know, a little bit, that's cool too. You know what I'm saying? It seems like you you didn't did enough and you like, okay, we good. That's what it sounds like to me. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. It is. It is. And that's a and that's a beautiful thing, right? Because you know, you're still young in the grand scheme of things, you know. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, you're still young yourself, you know. So it's like at this point, you have done enough to where your family can really coast and be recession free, you know what I'm saying? Be pandemic free. That's a blessing. And that's what a lot of these people, a lot of individuals are trying to strive towards, right? You know, mm-hmm. that financial freedom, that um, that retired life, that life where you have control of your time. Because there's so many people that can't be there for their kids at their games and their practices because they got to work, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. they want to be in this position. So I guess, you know, it just comes back to what you said, uh, just buy something right? Just uh, by something. Just by something. And, and, I, and this is where credit is very important too, because the, the people we're talking about that have to work the nine to five, they don't necessarily have 18000 in the bank to buy a rental property, right? So this is where credit is extremely important, right? Because like when your credit is good, you it's a little easier to go ahead and get that loan. I'm going to say discipline. Discipline. I'm going to say discipline. Discipline is the key word. When you have discipline, everything else is going to fall in line. And credit is one of those things that's going to fall in line. Mm-hmm. When I have discipline mm-hmm. um, and I've got some sort of structure in my life. So you have to have discipline and you have to have structure. That's key. Because I can have my credit good. I can get it good. You know, how many people do you meet that I get my credit good? I get the house and then I let the credit go to, you know, back to the waist lands right after I close Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that are like that but you have to have the structure and you have to have the discipline when you have that it's going to stay good so you don't want to just get it good and let it go I like that I like that that's one thing I struggled with my personal in my personal life uh my younger years was the lack of discipline and it's hard to understand discipline when you come from a background that ain't never had discipline in the first place you know, when, you know, your family, your parents, your community ain't got discipline, how you going to get discipline? But that doesn't mean it's impossible either, though. Um, it, it comes down to, I feel like, how bad do you want it? That's it. It's either you want to be just like them or you want to be better than them. Mm-hmm. That's it. I come from the same background. Mm-hmm. Bill collectors, the lights got cut off because the bill wasn't paid. You know, we ain't got water right now. The gas is off. Yeah. we got you know all these things going on I come from the same exact background and it's still like that to this day but my mindset growing up was this is not how I want to live you know my grandmother always told me save your money she knew how my life my lifestyle was or what was going on with my mom and everything but she said save your money and so my grandmother was the one who would take me to the bank with her when I was young and it was just taking me to the bank to do a deposit you know, taking me to the bank and to do a withdrawal and having me fill out her withdrawal slips for her. Those are the little bitty key things, you know, yeah. that help. Yeah. 
that instilled the discipline. And she only did it on Saturday. So it was something about that Saturday morning, you know, driving over to the bank on 107th and Western in Beverly, you know, doing mm -hmm. the deposits or the withdrawals and we're going to pay bills. Mm -hmm. Those are the little bitty things. If it wasn't for my grandmother, would I be the way I am now? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But I do know I did not want to live the same way that I grew up. Yeah. And, you know, I think, would you say that's what drives you? Like those Saturday morning drives to the bank in Beverly with grandma, um, remembering what it's like to have the lights cut off. Is that like that central core that's driving you or that's what's driven you throughout this 20-year real estate career here in the Chicagoland area? Absolutely. I would say that is a, that's a, a big part of it. Um, and I think the other part of it is, you know, being in real estate and, and again, taking it back to that knowing how long it takes to pay off a house, 30 years. I think the drive, knowing that, knowing that, you know, there are people that buy their first house at 60. I have clients that are 60, 65, and they're buying their first house. You mean to tell me you're going to be 90 years old, you know, and this mortgage is just not, just not getting paid off? So I think that that is probably my other biggest drive because I've never believed in um, the retirement age for oh, yeah. us. What do they say? The 65 is there? Yeah, yeah. It's I, all I a lie, man. It's all a lie. It, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, ain't making sense. What if you die at 66? What if you die? That, that's happened to some people though. Like I, I know really. an individual, I don't know them personally, but I know somebody that knows this person personally. That literally happened to them. Like they died like a year after they retired. Exactly. So a lot of people don't, you know, people live for right now. A lot of people live for the moment. I live for the moment. I'm 30 something, I'm 40. I'm living for right now. They don't live for later on. I've always lived for later. Like I live and I think about those things. So I think about the 30 year mortgage. When you're, you're buying your first house and they have you sign that note. For that 30 years, you look at that note like 30 years, how would I be? You know, you do the math and you say to yourself, well, if I pay it off early, what would my life be like? What type of life could I live if I had no bills? If I had no mortgage, no cardinals, no credit cards or any of those things, what kind of life could I live? How much do I really need to make to do what I want to do and not work? I don't know anybody that would say, well, I always want to work. I don't. I've never wanted to work. Man, look, first of all, we want to work <laughs> because we got to work to survive. Like, I feel like when people say that, they lying because lying. if you if you could really choose, like, if you if you could have the option of having all your needs met and not working, you're going to choose that every day. <laughs> every day you're going to choose. Exactly. I know I am. Exactly. So why not want to create it for yourself? My mind has always been there. Ever since I was young, when I got my first job at 15, I've always said, this is some bullshit. Why am I here? Dairy Queen? That was a Dairy Queen job? At Dairy Queen. I said, why am I here? Why would I want to do this every single day? So my mind always takes me to that moment, you know? Yeah. Like right now, where I am, okay, $1,200 mortgage. If we want to pay our mortgage off right now, we can't. And we have no debt. I have zero, no credit cards, no car notes. We got nothing. That's a beautiful thing. So when I say next year, if I didn't sell a thing or didn't buy a flipping thing, okay. Yeah, because you got that financial freedom we talked about, you know what I'm saying? Because you had that foresight, you know, and, and, and I, I think that's what a lot of people have, but, you know, they still got that fear and that, you know, that uh, hesitancy, you know, because of the unknown, which is what's leading me into my next couple questions. Um, so 
in Chicago, as I'm sure with every other city in America, but we live in Chicago, we live in the Chicago area, you know, you see these vacants all over the place, like all over the place. Like, why is it so many vacants? How come people ain't buying these things up? Like, what is it? Like, you know what I'm saying? What you, gotta to, you gotta talk to your city about that. They ain't trying it's to the cities, it's the cities that's <laughs> preventing people from doing it. Cause like right now, like not too far from my neighborhood, it's like a half a block that's just vacant. Just sit there. Let me tell you something that I've observed. So a lot of these houses may be on free and clear. They went down, passed down to an air or something. Sold for taxes. So you go to the scavenger sale, taxes, they might not get sold. They'll try to resell it. City of Chicago's, even the, the rules for the tax sale is, is so strict. If a buyer does buy them at the tax sale and they, they, they make a mistake and don't file like one piece of paper right, they'll end up losing their money. And then the city of Chicago will turn around and resell at the tax sale again. What? So they're gonna take your money, they're gonna take people money twice. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But the rules are so strict. Indiana's not like that. You know, like if you go to a judicial sale in Cook County and buy something, it takes too long to get ownership, tax sale, it takes too long to get ownership of it. And it's like it's city owned. Why y'all not doing nothing with it? Yeah, I just don't understand it. I look at other municipalities. So my office is in South Holland. South Holland came to me. We got some city owned land we want to get rid of. You know anybody that may want it? They're pretty much trying to give it away. You know, we got if you got a developer that wants it, come take it, do something with it. Uh -huh. um, they've got city-owned uh, property. They want to sell it. They ask me, can you list it? We're going to get rid of these, these properties, get them off the books. What Chicago is doing, Chicago is a big city, but it ain't that big, you know, that you can't take care of what needs to be taken care of. So it's complete BS if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, because I it's just it don't make sense to me. Like, especially when you have more and more people that's being enlightened on real estate and want to do things in real estate. It's like you got people out here that got that's trying to do something. So it's like, what's going on? Like I heard about the two-year rule. I'm like, that don't even make sense to me. Cause if somebody lets something fall into a dilapidated state like this, they clearly don't want it. Well, they can't afford it. So just give it to somebody that wants it. Like I just don't understand. Like what, exactly. what's, what's two more years gonna do? <laughs> Exactly. And the city will give property. So I, I actually, someone had reached out to me earlier this week about a property. Mm -hmm. um, I said, well, let me do a drive by first, drove by. The city had torn it down already. So they will tear them down. But the problem with that is that you, it's been sitting here all this time. Like you said, you let it get to a state where now a house unlived in without love is in the worst, is worse than fire damage to a house, right? Mm -hmm. You can't do anything with mm -hmm. it but tear it down. Mm -hmm. so it's like why even let houses get to that point you know yeah. yeah other cities you have a house that you haven't touched or do anything with they ready to find you every step of the way like they're gonna be on you like white on rice they're not gonna let that happen but not chicago chicago is just different man it's, it's just it's a different type of world so you have a rookie investor they got cash or they got the loan and they're buying their first property it's a rehab you know, um, what are the steps that a rookie investor needs to take to get this property to where it needs to be and ready to be rented out or whether they're going to live in it, them, in, in it themselves? Like, what's the timeline? What's the process? Well, I'm going to say, number one, do FHA financing. Your first time, if you don't own nothing at all, FHA financing, okay. three and a half percent down, do a 203K. They're going to give you the money to buy the property and renovate it. Do a 203K. Okay. If you can find something on the HUD website, which is HUD.gov, um, 
G-O-V, Hood Home Store. I'm sorry, hoodhomestore.gov. If you could find something on the Hood website, you could do an FHA loan, 203K, with $100 down mm-hmm. on top of all of that. Mm. Okay? Find something. So first step, connect with a good real estate agent that's going to be able to let you know, is this a good deal or no? Right, right, right. That's it. How much is this house worth? What do you think I could resell it for later on? That's it. Do the market, you know, analysis yourself, kind of look in the area and see what things are selling for. So if you can mm-hmm. study the market just like we can, everything you need is on the internet. Yeah. But study it yourself, compare it to what a real estate agent is saying, but you ultimately want to trust the professional, right? The professional is going to give you the final say. I did exactly that. I studied the market, got my real estate agent, trusted my professional. It's a go, I'm doing it. So utilize um, the resources that you have, 203K, FHA. If it's a hood, grab it, um, buy it, you know, and just make sure it's a good deal. And that's it. And and once you got this deal, uh, as far as the rehab goes, like, is it a certain order you have to do it in? Like, you know. Well, the beautiful part about an FHA loan Let's say you get in a property and need $50,000 for work. Okay. They're going to have you hire a FHA hood consultant. A hood consultant is going to pretty much go through that house with a fine tooth comb, look at it top to bottom, and let you know what needs to be done. Gotcha. They're going to bet your contractors. You have to find at least three contractors that are licensed, bonded, insured, that have references. Mm-hmm. And then the contractor is going to submit their bid. That hood consultant is working on your behalf to look at the contractor bid to say, okay, yeah. This looks good. These numbers are in line with, you know, industry standards. They're not overcharging you. They're not, you know, forgetting something that needs to be done to the house. So you don't have to necessarily understand construction to do a renovation law. That's the purpose of the HUD 203K. That's the reason why they have the HUD consultants available for you to kind of help consult and guide you along the process. Yeah. So it's that simple. So it's like a lot of people overthinking. That's why I'm trying to get these uh, answers out of you so people can understand. Like, you know, every step of the way, you have a professional there that's guiding you. You, you know? do. You have a professional there that's guiding you. Um, the key is just saving your money and being ready. That's it. Get the pre-approval. Have your money down payment closing costs. I mean, you everybody doesn't find a hood property that's only $100 down. So you still want to have your down payment, your closing costs. But it's just a matter of saving your money and getting pre-approved. And that's it. You let your professionals guide you. Don't think that you have to do this alone. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Do it scared. Do it unsure. Do yeah. it. Yeah. The professionals yeah. will guide you. Just do it. Just do it. You want to you wanna get with a lender that has experience. If, if, if the goal is to do a, a 203K, do a renovation law, get with a lender that has experience doing them. Get with a realtor who has experience in, you know, doing them. Um, and that's the easiest thing for you that's it it's not like oh okay i gotta do it all myself (laughs) right like you just walk up in there you know looking around like the fresh prince on the last episode you know yeah you you bet your your people um up front the lender and the realtor and that's it i got my money this is what i'm trying to do know the market a little bit do your own research by looking and then explain hey i'm trying to find a good deal i'm going to do a renovation loan this is what i'm trying to do this is how much I got to work with. Let's go. Do you, um, 
when you first started, was your goal to be a millionaire or was you just wanted to just like not work? Um, financial freedom. My goal was to not have to work. My goal was to not have, definitely not to work to 65. Oh, no. Um, Absolutely. But it it's kind of like a, it's sickening to my stomach to think about, you know, America and how um, we're treated as a country and working and insurance and, you know, we don't even have health care and, you know, all these things. Homelessness. Homelessness, you know, it, it's sick to my stomach to think about those things and it's it's never been a goal of mine to be a part of it um at all by no means you know Dave Ramsey ain't so crazy you know people Dave Ramsey is crazy he ain't so crazy he always preaches no debt you know debt free it's a few reasons why he says that what would happen so my question mark you know what would happen if nobody had debt to the United States of America the corporation, the United States of America. What would happen if nobody had debt? Mm -hmm. We keep them going mm -hmm. because we have debt. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. we didn't have debt, what would happen? It crumbles. Exactly. It crumbles. Yeah, yeah. But then we all are happy, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it was never that. It's just the goal is financial freedom. Mm -hmm. No matter what that looks like, financial freedom. And sometimes all it takes is just for that one person that I think, you know, one of my final thoughts is like, I think that's really the whole gravity of uh, people taking risks. You know, faith and risk is interchangeable. You know, if you replace faith with risk, it's going to be the same thing. The same sentence is going to say the same thing. And I think that's that's the gravity of it, because like when you decide to take this risk and, and you're equipped with this faith and you don't know what you're doing. And then 20 years later, now you have financial freedom. But not only that uh your parents got financial freedom you know not only that your children got financial freedom uh not only that now you're educating somebody else on how to accomplish financial freedom i think if people really understood that it's bigger than you you know it's really bigger than you like yeah you want to do it for yourself absolutely you don't want to work you don't want to be 65 at walmart you know of course but you doing this because you don't want your mama to be 65 working at Walmart. You know, you don't want you don't want your, your, your brother working. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what is so beautiful about your journey. That's what's so beautiful about any entrepreneur. Like you, it's not just about you. And I think that's really the 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 great thing about it all. You know, some people are gonna be selfish and you know, all of that and hoard. And we ain't talking about those people, but we're talking about those with good hearts, those who really want to rebel against the corporation of the United States of America. Because if we're going to be honest, it's really a rebellious act, especially for Black people. When oh, yeah. Decide, when you decide to really do things for yourself, for your community, it's rebellious because America has already always been adverse to Black folks doing exactly that. Um, so it is, it's a satisfying thing. Like, you know, I'm sure you're satisfied. We talked about this a couple minutes ago about how you don't even care if 2023 don't pan out uh, financially the way you expect it to because you're already good. You won. You won. And you're helping mm -hmm. other people win, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I won. I, I won. You won. You know, it's a good feeling. You'd be like, oh, I got you. You won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you won. You, won. Yeah, you go to the car dealership and you're not financing? Oh, they get mad. Oh yeah, tell tell us about that. Tell us about that. Like, I so, won. How, how does that feel? Like, you know, do you like be like, yeah, dumbass? Like, you know, do you, it, it, you talking your shit? You talking your shit? Yep. 
and it, it feels good it definitely feels good i don't talk my shit but it does feel good it's a good feeling to know that um you're not again bound by the tyranny of debt you know like it's it's a it's a wonderful wonderful feeling and they get mad because they can pad you know they commission and add it on and do all kind of things with your financing they can't do that when you're paying cash mm. um, so again what would happen if everyone in the world paid cash for everything if nobody had debt yeah 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 um it's a wonderful feeling this is sticker price okay thanks mm. yeah thank you yeah man and you know that's just really what the goal is for so many people so you know PMR is your realty firm. Um, how long has PMR been around? Uh, and you guys are licensed in Georgia too? Illinois, Indiana, and Georgia. Illinois, Indiana, um, Indiana. How long have we been around? 2013, I think, right. 2012. Because because you didn't start it when you first started. You started no, back. No, yeah. no, no. Um, worked for other brokerages and then started it mm -hmm. shortly thereafter, maybe seven years later. Something like that. And how many agents y'all got? 55. 55 agents. 55 agents. That's, that's beautiful. And I have, yeah, is there any final thing you would like to add to those listening out here who might need some words of encouragement? Whether it's, it ain't got to be real estate, you know, just whatever their goals may be, you know. Um, what you got to say to somebody out there that needs that final inspiration to take that leap and jump off the cliff and just say, fuck it, and build that parachute on the way down? Um. Just do it. Like, my, ah, just do it. Just do it. Like, just do it. Do it scared, you know, discipline. I mean, before you, uh, I don't, I don't want to tell people just to do it, but you have to gain the discipline in your life. Like, if you want it bad enough, you know, if you want it as bad as you want to breathe, like Eric Thomas would say, you have to create the discipline. Like, focus on your discipline, focus on saving. Create a goal for saving. Start small. Create a goal for saving and, and how, see how if you can do it for 12 months. Mm -hmm. Whatever that number may be. Your number might be from $100 a month to $5,000 a month. Can you save it and do it every single month faithfully? You know, or every single check that you have set up, you know, if you bank with Chase, I bank with Chase. Every single direct deposit I get for any closing that I have just in doing real estate, I automatically got 20% of my check going into my savings account. Automatically. You know, can you do it without touching it? So if you lack the discipline, you have to start with that first. That's it. Start with the discipline. Start paying off credit card debts. Start paying off bills. It's a wonderful feeling when you can say, I paid this off. I owe nobody. Um, that's going to make anything that you got going in your life better. Anything. Um, if you already have the discipline, now you do it scared. Just do it. What are you waiting mm -hmm. for? It's kind of mm -hmm. like, I've got the discipline. I've got my money saved up. It's just been sitting here looking at me and I'm looking at it and this is in the banking. We're looking at properties online. We're scared to make a phone call and call a realtor. What you doing? Who cares about what the interest rates are right now? You know, mm -hmm. just do it. My first interest rate might've been a 5.75 and my second one, when the rates were eight and a half, I got a 6.75. And that was an excellent rate because I did a seven-year arm on my second property at mm -hmm. a 6.75. If I didn't, my rate would have been 8%. Who cares what the rates are at the time? Just do it. And correct me if I'm wrong, the interest rates only mean anything the longer you keep that term, correct? The longer you keep that loan, right? Exactly. So, so if we're following the if we're following the model of getting rid of this as soon as possible, the interest rate don't mean nothing. It don't matter. If, if my know my goal, this is an investment property. This is not my forever home. I'm going to live here for a little while. Who mm -hmm. cares what the interest rate is? 
the idea is if I live here for a year and a half, two years, and I make forty, fifty thousand dollars, that's all that matters. Let me make mm -hmm. my money and go on to the next one. I'm gonna roll that into the next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's the money for the down payment on the next house that you might make a hundred thousand dollars on next, but then you can take the rest of it and pay off your car. Now we're working towards financial free. Mm -hmm. Step by okay. step, it happens. It happens. You know, just step by step. It ain't all at once. It's just going to come at the time. It's like the time going to pass anyway. Like you said, 10 years go quick. I remember 10 years ago where I was. I'm like, God damn, like 10 years goes quick. So it goes by so fast. So do you rather it go by while you're being proactive and eating away at the things that's burdening you or just continue to stay in uh, place? You know, so. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. So, you know, with the real estate, you know, like you said, you pretty much set, you did your thing. Um, you do own a gym, you know, you do own a gym. Like, are there any other entrepreneurial ventures you trying to get into? No, you just, absolutely you, not. You, you just done. You done. Absolutely yeah. not. And I'm going to tell you why. The COVID taught me a, a major lesson. So, again, you can't get bored, right? So, I got bored flipping houses. Let me build one, you know. Okay. And then COVID comes, I got bored with real estate. Let me venture off and do something else. Um, I learned real quick what was essential and non-essential, right? That we gym was not essential. Even though COVID was some total BS, that gym was non-essential. Those doors were closed and it was like, I still got to pay for it, you know? Yeah. And oh, that was the worst feeling ever in life. I don't care how much relief they gave or whatever. All they did was created a new wave of debt slaves by giving you money and all this yeah. and that, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was the worst feeling ever. There are no other business adventures I desire to travel down other than real estate. <laughs> Over with. It's done. And if, yeah. if it ain't, unless it's a funeral home, because one thing people got to do is be born and die. Okay. They ain't never going out of business. You got to die. You know, we're we going to cremate. We're going to cremate some folks. You know, we're going to cremate mama, daddy, uncle, grandma. Everybody getting cremated for the most part. That's it. That's it. So if it ain't essential, I don't want it. Yeah. Understood. Understood. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Because, yeah, that, that, that road road changed a lot of things. It changed a lot. And that's honestly, that's one reason why I'm not as consistent in the gym as I used to be before. Because like before COVID, I was in the gym literally three, four times a week. Seriously. Like I was going strong for some years, like four, five years. COVID hit, everything shut down. I still haven't got back into the groove. And it's mm -hmm. just like my momentum has just been broken. It's just like, yeah. So mm -hmm. real mm -hmm. estate or nothing. That's, that's really what it is. That's the next shirt, real estate or nothing. You know, I like it. Just to make sure real estate and nothing. Words of wisdom from Kassan Rainey. Now, if you have a home that you want to sell or if you are in the market to buy a home, you can go to her website, PremierMidwestRealty.com. They are licensed in Illinois, Indiana, and Georgia. They can help you with all your needs, and she has a team of phenomenal real estate agents ready to serve you.